Part three, chapter five, section two of Crime and Punishment by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Part three, chapter five, section two. He is always humbugging, confound him, cried Razumihin, jumping up and gesticulating. What's the use of talking to you? he does all that on purpose you don't know him rodion he took their side yesterday simply to make fools of them and the things he said yesterday and they were delighted he can keep it up for a fortnight together last night he persuaded us that he was going into a monastery he stuck to it for two months not long ago he took it into his head to declare he was going to get married that he had everything ready for the wedding he ordered new clothes indeed we all began to congratulate him there was no bride nothing all pure fantasy ah you are wrong i got the clothes before it was the new clothes in fact that made me think of taking you in are you such a good dissembler raskolnikov asked carelessly you wouldn't have supposed it eh wait a bit i shall take you in too ha <laughs> ha no i'll tell you the truth all these questions about crime environment children recall to my mind an article of yours which interested me at the time on crime or something of the sort i forget the title i read it with pleasure two months ago in the periodical review my article in the periodical review raskolnikov asked in astonishment i certainly did write an article upon a book six months ago when i left the university but i sent it to the weekly review but it came out in the periodical and the weekly review ceased to exist so that's why it wasn't printed at the time well that's true but when it ceased to exist the weekly review was amalgamated with the periodical and so your article appeared two months ago in the latter didn't you know raskolnikov had not known well you might get some money out of them for the article what a strange person you are you lead such a solitary life that you know nothing of matters that concern you directly it's a fact i assure you bravo rodya i knew nothing about it either cried razumihin i'll run to-day to the reading-room and ask for the number two months ago what was the date it doesn't matter though i will find it think of not telling us how did you find out that the article was mine it's only signed with an initial i only learnt it by chance the other day through the editor i know him i was very much interested i analysed if i remember the psychology of a criminal before and after the crime yes and you maintain that the perpetration of a crime is always accompanied by illness very very original but it was not that part of your article that interested me so much but an idea at the end of the article which i regret to say you merely suggested without working it out clearly there is if you recollect a suggestion that there are certain persons who can that is not precisely are able to but have a perfect right to commit breaches of morality and crimes and that the law is not for them raskolnikov smiled at the exaggerated and intentional distortion of his idea what what do you mean a right to crime but not because of the influence of environment razumihin inquired with some alarm even no not exactly because of it answered porfiry in his article all men are divided into ordinary and extraordinary ordinary men have to live in submission have no right to transgress the law because don't you see they are ordinary 
but extraordinary men have a right to commit any crime and to transgress the law in any way just because they are extraordinary that was your idea if i am not mistaken what do you mean that can't be right razumihin muttered in bewilderment raskolnikov smiled again he saw the point at once and knew where they wanted to drive him he decided to take up the challenge that wasn't quite my contention he began simply and modestly yet i admit that you have stated it almost correctly perhaps if you like perfectly so it almost gave him pleasure to admit this the only difference is that i don't contend that extraordinary people are always bound to commit breaches of morals as you call it in fact i doubt whether such an argument could be published i simply hinted that an extraordinary man has the right that is not an official right but an inner right to decide in his own conscience to overstep certain obstacles and only in case it is essential for the practical fulfilment of his idea sometimes perhaps of benefit to the whole of humanity you say that my article isn't definite i am ready to make it as clear as i can perhaps i am right in thinking you want me to very well i maintain that if the discoveries of kepler and newton could not have been made known except by sacrificing the lives of one a dozen a hundred or more men newton would have had the right would indeed have been in duty bound to eliminate the dozen or the hundred men for the sake of making his discoveries known to the whole of humanity but it does not follow from that that newton had a right to murder people right and left and to steal every day in the market then i remember i maintain in my article that all well legislators and leaders of men such as lycurgus solon mahomet napoleon and so on were all without exception criminals from the very fact that making a new law they transgressed the ancient one handed down from their ancestors and held sacred by the people and they did not stop short at bloodshed either if that bloodshed often of innocent persons fighting bravely in defence of ancient law were of use to their cause it's remarkable in fact that the majority indeed of these benefactors and leaders of humanity were guilty of terrible carnage in short i maintain that all great men or even men a little out of the common that is to say capable of giving some new word must from their very nature be criminals more or less of course otherwise it's hard for them to get out of the common rut and to remain in the common rut is what they can't submit to from their very nature again and to my mind they ought not indeed to submit to it you see that there is nothing particularly new in all that the same thing has been printed and read a thousand times before as for my division of people into ordinary and extraordinary i acknowledge that it's somewhat arbitrary but i don't insist upon exact numbers i only believe in my leading idea that men are in general divided by a law of nature into two categories inferior ordinary that is so to say material that serves only to reproduce its kind and men who have the gift or the talent to utter a new word there are of course innumerable subdivisions but the distinguishing features of both categories are fairly well marked the first category generally speaking are men conservative in temperament and law-abiding they live under control and love to be controlled to my thinking it is their duty to be controlled because that's their vocation and there is nothing humiliating in it for them the second category all transgress the law they are destroyers or disposed to destruction according to their capacities the crimes of these men are of course relative and varied 
for the most part they seek in very varied ways the destruction of the present for the sake of the better but if such a one is forced for the sake of his idea to step over a corpse or wade through blood he can i maintain find within himself in his conscience a sanction for wading through blood that depends on the idea and its dimensions note that it's only in that sense i speak of their right to crime in my article you remember it began with the legal question there's no need for such anxiety however the masses will scarcely ever admit this right they punish them or hang them more or less and in doing so fulfil quite justly their conservative vocation but the same masses set these criminals on a pedestal in the next generation and worship them more or less the first category is always the man of the present the second the man of the future the first preserve the world and people it the second move the world and lead it to its goal each class has an equal right to exist in fact all have equal rights with me and vive la guerre eternelle till the new jerusalem of course then you believe in the new jerusalem do you i do raskolnikov answered firmly as he said these words and during the whole preceding tirade he kept his eyes on one spot on the carpet and and do you believe in god excuse my curiosity i do repeated raskolnikov raising his eyes to porphyry and do you believe in lazarus rising from the dead i i do why do you ask all this you believe it literally literally you don't say so i ask from curiosity excuse me but let us go back to the question they are not always executed some on the contrary triumph in their lifetime oh yes some attain their ends in this life and then they begin executing other people if it's necessary indeed for the most part they do your remark is very witty thank you but tell me this how do you distinguish those extraordinary people from the ordinary ones are there signs at their birth i feel there ought to be more exactitude more external definition excuse the natural anxiety of a practical law-abiding citizen but couldn't they adopt a special uniform for instance couldn't they wear something be branded in some way for you know if confusion arises and a member of one category imagines that he belongs to the other begins to eliminate obstacles as you so happily expressed it then oh that very often happens that remark is wittier than the other thank you no reason to but take note that the mistake can only arise in the first category that is among the ordinary people as i perhaps unfortunately called them in spite of their predisposition to obedience very many of them through a playfulness of nature sometimes vouchsafed even to the cow like to imagine themselves advanced people destroyers and to push themselves into the new movement and this quite sincerely meanwhile the really new people are very often unobserved by them or even despised as reactionaries of grovelling tendencies but i don't think there is any considerable danger here and you really need not be uneasy for they never go very far of course they might have a thrashing sometimes for letting their fancy run away with them and to teach them their place but no more in fact even this isn't necessary as they castigate themselves for they are very conscientious some perform this service for one another and others chastise themselves with their own hands they will impose various public acts of penitence upon themselves with a beautiful and edifying effect in fact 
you've nothing to be uneasy about it's a law of nature well you have certainly set my mind more at rest on that score but there's another thing worries me tell me please are there many people who have the right to kill others these extraordinary people i am ready to bow down to them of course but you must admit it's alarming if there are a great many of them eh oh you needn't worry about that either raskolnikov went on in the same tone people with new ideas people with the faintest capacity for saying something new are extremely few in number extraordinarily so in fact one thing only is clear that the appearance of all these grades and subdivisions of men must follow with unfailing regularity some law of nature that law of course is unknown at present but i am convinced that it exists and one day may become known the vast mass of mankind is mere material and only exists in order by some great effort by some mysterious process by means of some crossing of races and stocks to bring into the world at last perhaps one man out of a thousand with a spark of independence one in ten thousand perhaps i speak roughly approximately is born with some independence and with still greater independence one in a hundred thousand the man of genius is one of millions and the great geniuses the crown of humanity appear on earth perhaps one in many thousand millions in fact i have not peeped into the retort in which all this takes place but there certainly is and must be a definite law it cannot be a matter of chance why are you both joking razumihin cried at last there you sit making fun of one another are you serious rodya raskolnikov raised his pale and almost mournful face and made no reply in the unconcealed persistent nervous and discourteous sarcasm of porphyry seemed strange to razumihin beside that quiet and mournful face well brother if you are really serious you are right of course in saying that it's not new that it's like what we've read and heard a thousand times already but what is really original in all this and is exclusively your own to my horror is that you sanction bloodshed in the name of conscience and excuse my saying so with such fanaticism that i take it is the point of your article but that sanction of bloodshed by conscience is to my mind more terrible than the official legal sanction of bloodshed you are quite right it is more terrible porfiry agreed yes you must have exaggerated there is some mistake i shall read it you can't think that i shall read it all that is not in the article there's only a hint of it said raskolnikov yes yes porfiry couldn't sit still your attitude to crime is pretty clear to me now but excuse me for my impertinence i'm really ashamed to be worrying you like this you see you've removed my anxiety as to the two grades getting mixed but there are various practical possibilities that make me uneasy what if some man or youth imagines that he is a lycurgus or mahomet a future one of course and suppose he begins to remove all obstacles he has some great enterprise before him and needs money for it and tries to get it do you see zamatov gave a sudden guffaw in his corner raskolnikov did not even raise his eyes to him i must admit he went on calmly that such cases certainly must arise the vain and foolish are particularly apt to fall into that snare young people especially yes you see well then what then raskolnikov smiled in reply that's not my fault so it is and so it always will be he said just now he nodded at razumihin that i sanction bloodshed 
society is too well protected by prisons banishment criminal investigators penal servitude there's no need to be uneasy you have but to catch the thief and what if we do catch him then he gets what he deserves you are certainly logical but what of his conscience why do you care about that simply from humanity if he has a conscience he will suffer for his mistake that will be his punishment as well as the prison but the real geniuses asked razumihin frowning those who have the right to murder oughtn't they to suffer at all even for the blood they've shed why the word ought it's not a matter of permission or prohibition he will suffer if he is sorry for his victim pain and suffering are always inevitable for a large intelligence and a deep heart the really great men must i think have great sadness on earth he added dreamily not in the tone of the conversation he raised his eyes looked earnestly at them all smiled and took his cap he was too quiet by comparison with his manner at his entrance and he felt this every one got up well you may abuse me be angry with me if you like porfiry petrovitch began again but i can't resist allow me one little question i know i am troubling you there is just one little notion i want to express simply that i may not forget it very good tell me your little notion raskolnikov stood waiting pale and grave before him well you see i really don't know how to express it properly it's a playful psychological idea when you were writing your article surely you couldn't have helped <laughs> uh, fancying yourself just a little an extraordinary man uttering a new word in your sense that's so isn't it quite possibly raskolnikov answered contemptuously razumihin made a movement and if so could you bring yourself in case of worldly difficulties and hardship or for some service to humanity to overstep obstacles for instance to rob and murder and again he winked with his left eye and laughed noiselessly just as before if i did i certainly should not tell you raskolnikov answered with defiant and haughty contempt no i was only interested on account of your article from a literary point of view foo how obvious and insolent that is raskolnikov thought with repulsion allow me to observe he answered dryly that i don't consider myself a mahomet or a napoleon nor any personage of that kind and not being one of them i cannot tell you how i should act oh come don't we all think ourselves napoleons now in russia porfiry petrovitch said with alarming familiarity something peculiar betrayed itself in the very intonation of his voice perhaps it was one of these future napoleons who did for alyona ivanovna last week zametov blurted out from the corner raskolnikov did not speak but looked firmly and intently at porfiry razumihin was scowling gloomily he seemed before this to be noticing something he looked angrily around there was a minute of gloomy silence raskolnikov turned to go are you going already porfiry said amiably holding out his hand with excessive politeness very very glad of your acquaintance as for your request have no uneasiness write just as i told you or better still come to me there yourself in a day or two to-morrow indeed i shall be there at eleven o'clock for certain we'll arrange it all we'll have a talk as one of the last to be there you might perhaps be able to tell us something he added with a most good-natured expression you want to cross-examine me officially in due form raskolnikov asked sharply oh why 
that's not necessary for the present you misunderstand me i lose no opportunity you see and i've talked with all who had pledges i obtained evidence from some of them and you are the last yes by the way he cried seemingly suddenly delighted i just remember what was i thinking of he turned to razumihin you were talking my ears off about that nikolai of course i know i know very well he turned to raskolnikov that the fellow is innocent but what is one to do we had to trouble dmitri too this is the point this is all when you went up the stairs it was past seven wasn't it yes answered raskolnikov with an unpleasant sensation at the very moment he spoke that he need not have said it then when you went upstairs between seven and eight didn't you see in a flat that stood open on a second story do you remember two workmen or at least one of them they were painting there didn't you notice them it's very very important for them painters no i didn't see them raskolnikov answered slowly as though ransacking his memory while at the same instant he was racking every nerve almost swooning with anxiety to conjecture as quickly as possible where the trap lay and not to overlook anything no i didn't see them and i don't think i noticed a flat like that open but on the fourth story he had mastered the trap now and was triumphant i remember now that someone was moving out of the flat opposite alyona ivanovna i remember i remember it clearly some porters were carrying out a sofa and they squeezed me against the wall but painters no i don't remember that there were any painters and i don't think that there was a flat open anywhere no there wasn't what do you mean razumihin shouted suddenly as though he had reflected and realized why it was on the day of the murder the painters were at work and he was there three days before what are you asking foo i have muddled it porfiry slapped himself on the forehead deuce take it this business is turning my brain he addressed raskolnikov somewhat apologetically it would be such a great thing for us to find out whether anyone had seen them between seven and eight at the flat so i fancied you could perhaps have told us something i quite muddled it then you should be more careful razumihin observed grimly the last words were uttered in the passage porfiry petrovitch saw them to the door with excessive politeness they went out into the street gloomy and sullen and for some steps they did not say a word raskolnikov drew a deep breath end of chapter five recording by expatriate in bangor maine